It's time to go inside the film room with veteran scout and coach Chris Landry and Scott Seidenberg. It's the Football Film Room Podcast. Hello and welcome inside the Football Film Room alongside veteran scout coach and consultant. Back from the Senior Bowl is Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. I'm Scott Seidenberg. The Super Bowl is here coming up on Sunday from Tampa featuring the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing in their home stadium. The first time that's ever happened in a Super Bowl against the reigning Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. And I'll remind folks that we have not had a repeat Super Bowl champion since the New England Patriots and Tom Brady defeated the Philadelphia Eagles 24-21. There have only been seven repeat champions and the Kansas City Chiefs look to make it number eight. Chris, uh, there's so much that goes into this game for me in terms of handicapping it from a betting perspective. It's the hardest game I've ever had to deal with, especially this season. How are you finding it comparing both of these teams and evaluating this game as we are finally less than a week away? Well, I think the first thing that jumps out at me is the effect of the Chiefs starting tackles, offensive tackles being out. Uh, obviously, how they're going to game plan around it, they've got time to do it. So I have the utmost confidence in Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, um putting together a game plan that can utilize the mobility of the quarterback to mitigate some of the protection issues they could have against a very good Buccaneers defensive front. And I think if the Buccaneers are to win this, they're going to have to exploit that weakness. They're going to have to get pressure on Mahomes and hit him. It's just, you have to do that. You have to hold up in coverage long enough to hit him and, 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 and force him to get rid of the football more than he wants, uh, quicker than he wants and not allow him all those play extensions because that just simply kills you and it kills your coverage. And, um, you know, so, can the pressure get there? If if they can, there's a chance to stay in this game. I I, I think that in studying the Bucs, um, while the storyline is Tom Brady being there again for the 10th time, there's no question that team is there because of the defense. Absolutely. And, and because Brady and, – and he, and he look, he had three turnovers last week's games, but it, he's not played a, what I'd call a clean Brady game. Uh, but he has held them together in pivotal moments to allow other parts of the team to win it. So, again, the running game of the Bucs on offense and the ability to get pressure uh, on Kansas City is, is, is the key. I mean, it is the key for their chances. If they can't take advantage of that, I don't know how – I don't know that this game is going to be that close because I, I do think there's a decided advantage for Kansas City in every other area. And my hope from a viewing standpoint that it is a close game with 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 the lot to be decided in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. Uh, my fear is that it might be um, a fourth quarter game that we're, we're coronating the Chiefs and, you know, in a decisive win because I, I really in looking at – Tampa, I've been impressed with how they, in the last two playoff games, Green Bay and New Orleans, how they were able to win it. But boy, they weren't over that overly impressive in doing so. I mean, it, it, it really took advantage of other teams' mistakes, and they were able to capitalize on it while they made mistakes themselves. 
you could see they just were able to find a way to win it. With Kansas City, Kansas City, they got to make a lot of mistakes, and even if they make a lot of mistakes, they have such explosiveness to overcome it that my concern is that whoever they would have played, but particularly the Bucks, this might be um, a decisive a decisive win. So I'm hoping it's a close game from mm-hmm. a viewing standpoint. Well, you mentioned the tackles, and, and I think that that's a huge issue for the Kansas City Chiefs, especially going up against this Bucks defense and how good this Bucks defense has played. And that front four got stronger when Vita Vey came back in the postseason. You got Sue, you got Vey, you got JPP. I mean, these guys are playing at the top of their game right now. Uh, they get their safeties back, Winfield and and you know Devin White's playing tremendously, Levante David. This is just a very talented defense. A couple of things stand out at me when I look at both of these teams, Chris. And, and you mentioned if Kansas City doesn't make any mistakes. Well, if you look at net penalty yards for both of these teams on the season, the Kansas City Chiefs are minus 11.8 yards per game or penalties per game, if you will. Meanwhile, the Tampa Bay Bucks are plus 17. So in terms of net penalty yards, overwhelmingly, the Bucks have that advantage. They seem to be the more disciplined team this year. And we know how big penalties can be, especially in these big games. If there's a defensive holding penalty, we saw it last week, you know, the conference championship game, the Bucks won a game on a defensive holding penalty. Uh, whether it comes down to that or a pass interference, roughing the passer. I know that both of these quarterbacks are elite, but maybe Tom Brady gets a little more leeway with the officials if they see his legs get taken out as opposed to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, maybe a penalty here or there, Chris, could be the difference in this football game. Well, it could. I, you know, the Bucks are more functional. They, and again, they've made share mistakes, but they're nowhere near. They're here because, for the most part, Brady has kind of solidified that team, whereas last year they were heckling Jide, uh, Jekyll and Hyde with, with Jameis Winston. Mm-hmm. They're a completely different team now with Brady. So they they can play towards their run game and their defense better, and they've been more functional. They're going to have to not win, but they're going to have to smash the Chiefs in terms of limiting the mistakes on their end because, see, the Chiefs make mistakes, but they're far more explosive and they overcome it. Yeah. Now, you know, they make foolish mistakes, they're dropped, and they come back and explode on you. Uh, the one thing in the playoffs the Chiefs have done this year that they didn't do last year is they've started off pretty strong. Um, they have not had to come from behind nearly as much. Look, I mean, I, I think this is going to have to be a game for the Bucks to win it. Brady's going to have to be superb. They're going to have to be mistake-free, and the Chiefs are going to have to make some mistakes. And, and I think they're going to, again, have to take advantage of of some advantages they have on the offensive line, uh, excuse me, on the defensive line versus the Chiefs' offensive line. I will say this, that the worst um, the, this Bucks offensive offensive line has looked this year was against Kansas City. Mm-hmm. They had their worst graded game this past uh, year, uh, I mean, when they played in the regular season. So that's going to have to change because um, – I, I thought the Chiefs' pass rush was outstanding. That's something that we're talking about on the other side. But if the Bucks can't protect Brady, 
it's going to be difficult because if we have a repeat performance of that that pass rush against um, the box, I mean Brady can't move, and and so you know where the clear pocket is. Where when you so the the advantage would say, all right, well, wait a minute, you know the Bucks have a better chance of protecting Brady because they they don't have the injuries that the Chiefs had at tackle. But the difference is the Chiefs have Mahomes, and they can design things, rollouts. Um, he can, you know, run a lot of sprint outs and boots. So they have ways to mitigate that more than the Bucks. The Bucks, Brady's a statue. He steps up, and you got to have a clean pocket. So um, the other thing to keep in mind, I call it the Steve Spagnolo factor. Mm-hmm. He has really done a good job against Tom Brady. Let's remind folks he was the defensive coordinator for a very good Giants pass rush. The NASCAR package and everything, that was under his direction. Yep. Um, and he really schemed up and beat a couple of really good Patriots teams, quarterback by Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, including the unbeaten one that, you know, right there in in, uh, in Arizona when he just – he did a really good job. So uh, it goes back a while. He's done a really good job. Um you know, when the, and a lot of it is the blitz. And I think they're going to see a lot of it. Um, Brady and the Bucks saw blitz only 27% of the times uh, in, in games that were not played against the chiefs this year, chiefs got up to near 35% blitz um, against. So you're going to see heavy blitz looks and how well the Bucks are able to protect in, in, and pick up that blitz is going to be, give uh, a pivotal because one of the, the thing that, that Arians wants to do, right. Is go deep. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you limit the ability to go deep with a lot of blitz looks, then it's going to be incumbent upon Brady to get the ball out quickly and to try to beat the chiefs with run after catch throws, because you can't go deep when you don't have enough time to go deep. So you got to be able to hit your outlet. So let's see if the tight ends of the Bucks and the backs and the Bucks could do a good job in the passing game here. Can you see Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich adjusting the game plan based off that game that they had earlier in the season? It was a 27-24 finish, but the Chiefs dominated that game. They were up 17-0 in the first quarter. The Bucs scored two fourth-quarter touchdowns to make it uh, a 27-10 game into a 27-24 game. So uh, it, it, w- it wasn't the score was a lot closer than the game was. Do you think that maybe they make adjustments and they maybe go run heavy or short pass heavy? Uh, last uh, When we last saw the Bucs and, and against the Packers, they were converting on third downs. And what, it was like six of six to start the game on third down conversion, something like that. It was outrageous. And I brought up the stat last time about the Bucs with their short yardage game. It's the same this week, uh, short yardage running. The Tampa Bay Bucks are the number one short yardage rushing team in the NFL, and the Kansas City Chiefs are the number 32-ranked short yardage rushing defense in the NFL. So maybe if they can get ahead of the chains, get into a third and two situation, you hand the ball off to Leonard Fournette, you move the sticks, you keep the clock moving, and most importantly, Chris, you keep Patrick Mahomes off the football field. Well, a lot of, a lot of the game plan going up against Kansas City and how to slow down that Chiefs offense is just that. Don't, we're gonna try don't, to, don't piece you know, them. <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna try we're gonna try to slow them down with our offense and keep them off the field. Um, and it and it helps because any way that you can minimize the snaps that that he has is great. The problem is is he doesn't need many snaps and he doesn't need much time to just go down the field. So 
you have to not just play ball control, but you have to punctuate it with seven every time. If you don't, you just it it won't work. So I think the real key is going to be to be able to maximize their ability offensively. They're going to have to score points. Look, you cannot beat the Chiefs by shutting them down. Mm-hmm. You have to beat them by scoring points. And I don't think it's a good idea to go up and down the field, but you can shorten the game a bit and then finish it with with touchdowns. And I think the running game is going to be big important part. And it's going to lead to some big plays in the passing game because it's going to force numbers into the box and give you the matchups that you want in the, in the secondary. Now, I to answer your question, I expect, and this is going to be interesting, the cat and mouse game. So, because these teams played one another this year and because the Chiefs' defense did have success with a lot of heavy blitz pressure, there's going to be a blitz package in there. But I would suspect that Steve Spagnuolo is going to show some blitz and back off of it, play more coverage. to try, You know, trying to um, do some things differently is going to be important because the Bucs will have a heavy blitz protection package. So you might want to see if you can play coverage and, again, try to – try to alter their plan. So there's going to be a little cat and mouse during the course of the game. The big key, why the second quarter, third quarters are so important is because, and I know the fourth quarter is important and how you start is important, but the adjustment parts, you know, are really important in game. So you'll come in with a game plan and then you will have to adjust based upon what they are doing against you. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I, I would expect we're going to see, uh, a game plan with Steve Spagnuolo that will have some of the elements that that they had success week one, or, or the the first when they played them earlier the year. But I think we're going to have some different looks too. I think they'll back off some with coverage because I think the Bucks, if nothing else, are going to come in with an idea of, look, we got to figure out a way to protect. We got to figure out a way to handle the blitz because if we don't, they'll come at us again and it'll be our death nail. All right, well, last time these two teams played, Chris, uh, I mentioned it was a 17-0 lead in the first quarter for the Kansas City Chiefs, and that was largely thanks to Tyreek Hill, who scored two touchdowns. Uh, The first one, as we'll take a look at it here, the first touchdown was a 75-yard touchdown. What can the Bucs now look at this? They look at this play on film. How can they now make adjustments for seeing Tyreek Hill a second time as we watch through this 75-yard touchdown pass? Well, here's the difficulty. You know, they got so many great weapons, but you have to roll help to Tyreek Hill, and you have to jam Kelsey off the line of scrimmage because you can't roll help to Hill and Kelsey. And you just, you just can't. I mean, it's just you don't have enough numbers. So what you have to do is you have to basically double him all the time. And and you've got to be able to account for him at all times. And here's the thing. This is going to be key. If you feel you've got an advantage, and I do think there's an advantage against this Chiefs offensive line with those tackles, but remember, it doesn't really matter how well you beat the Chiefs off the line of scrimmage. Because Mahomes will get rid of the ball quickly, and he'll throw it to Hill and everybody else in that offense, and they'll run after the catch. So while the story may be, okay, what can we do in getting pressure, 
you better be prepared to tackle well in space. Your linebackers are going to have to play great in coverage. And if you don't, it won't make a hill of beans that the Chiefs are without their two tackles because they're going to beat you in alternative ways. Here they're beating you deep. They can get it deep. But now they start dumping it off and running it against soft boxes, and all of a sudden you're and they start motioning, and you're getting all that eye candy, and you're trying to locate where Hill is. You lose sight of Kelsey. You're in a heap of trouble because mm-hmm. you've got all sorts of weapons and a quarterback that can find it. They can find the outlet quickly. They've got built-in options. So they, they like this play right here. This is not a play to Hill. This is a play that has options, and clearly based upon the, the, the other play, this, but everyone does. And the options are there, and it's like picking where the guy is open. It sounds simplistic, but when you have so many coverage dictators, guys that you have to overplay, you pick your poison, and he'll find the other. So the Chiefs do a good job of sustaining drives, and, yeah, they score quickly, but they pick up first downs. And it could be that they tend to wear down the Bucks' defense a little bit more because the ball's going to come out quick. And then if you 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 get a little worn out and the pass <laughs> rush can't, can, come, can come at you, then all of a sudden then the tackle play becomes a lot easier job for those guys. So while I think it's an issue – uh, the weaponry that they have. Look at that. You got good pressure up front there from the Bucks. This ball still goes deep because the yep. ball comes out quick and you got hill beating guys. I mean, look at this. Look at this, you know, from the end zone. I mean, you, you see the ability. You got a linebacker. Oh, look, they're bringing guys. Multiple pressure. Boom. Ball's coming out deep. You don't have enough guys to cover. And then, you know, if it's not hill because you're going to overplay him naturally, it's somebody else. It's difficult. Let's take a look at it. Look at look. Not bad defense here. Look at what they're doing. Bring bring some simulated pressure, some sim pressure, then delayed pressure, coming in white, coming in, attacking, a little cross. Now you got a guy on an edge. You got a little pressure. Ball comes out quick, a little side on throw. Flick it. There you go. Now can you get home and hit him a little bit, the quarterback? Can you do that? Can you do that and press the receivers off the line of scrimmage and prevent the ball from going to the outlet? If you don't do both, you're dead. You have to do both. You have to bring pressure and you have to cover the outlet. Because obviously, if you bring pressure and you get home with pressure, they shouldn't be able to get deep. But you've got to cover short. But then you can't let one of those little cheetahs like he'll beat you deep. Mm-hmm. Or then, you know, Mahomes is just flick and then it's just you got a big play and you don't need there's there's a lot of quick developing plays by the Chiefs. So it's going to take a bring your lunch pail for four quarters, get it done, find a way to get off the field, and offensively you're going to have to match it. And Tom Brady is going to have to be the true, you know, he's the GOAT of all time. Mm -hmm. He's going to have to play like the best quarterback on the field Sunday. Because if he's not the best quarterback on the field Sunday, they got no chance. They got no chance really of keeping this close if Brady doesn't play great. You know, watching those plays over again and understanding how badly Tyreek Hill burned the Bucs last time they played this season, I have a sense that they're going to overplay him to guard against him. You obviously know about Kelsey, but I'm not talking about Kelsey right now. 
a guy like McCall Hardman could have an impact on this game because he can do the similar things that Tyreek Hill can do. He can run those same routes. He's a burner just like Tyreek Hill. And so if the Bucs defense is going to overplay and take Tyreek Hill out of the play, well, the Chiefs might as well use Tyreek Hill as a decoy and give those routes that, that Hill would normally run to McCall Hardman. And then Patrick Mahomes can just pick on the defense that way. Hardeman or Watkins or Robinson or Kelsey <laughs> or Clyde Edwards Hilaire. You're right. Yeah. Hardman or any of the other four. Yeah. You're right. I mean, it could be it could be it could be Watkins or Robinson or Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I mean Clyde Edwards. You know? Yeah, Clyde, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is good, you know, could be big out of the backfield because now you know, that's a guy that's another receiving weapon. So that so their their issues say, all right, what protection, protect it. All right, well, well again, bring the pressure. We'll just dump it. What we, you, how many guys you can cover? So you got to get home with pressure and you got to cover behind it. And in some one of these guys we're talking about, you're gonna have one-on-one. So you got to win all the one-on-one matchups. You may roll covered, you may bracket hill. But that means you're one-on-one against Hardeman that Scott's talking about. Well, okay, you got to win that. You got to win one-on-one in Kelsey. I, good luck with that because nobody nobody does that. So how do you – you you really can't overplay Kelsey and Hill. Then it becomes really easy to hit Hardeman, Hardeman Robinson, Clyde Edwards-Alaire because you get Clyde Edwards-Alaire on a linebacker. I mean, I, you know, I mean, it, it Devin White all you want. And nobody – it's it's a different world yeah. there, and they've got the advantage with the two way goes, and Devin White's got multiple responsibilities. It's just very very difficult. You're going to have to be so sound from a Tampa standpoint. You're going to have to tackle so well in space, and you know do that behind good pressure. It can be done. It, it of course it could be done, and they absolutely can do it. I'm just pointing out how it's going to have to be done. And oh, by the way, with all of that, they're still going to get some points. They're still going yeah, to, you're going to have to win this Tampa with your offense. And again, I repeat, if Brady is not the best, he doesn't, Brady doesn't have to be the best quarterback in the league anymore, but he's going to have to be the best quarterback in this game Sunday. And if he is, then, you know, absolutely the Bucks have a chance. Cause then I think, you know, you can, you can find a way, to outscore them and maybe even kind of shorten the game. And as we said, kind of limit some of the possessions that they have. So uh, look, I think it's, I I think it's, there's a chance that it can be good, but I don't know why I, 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 I I will get into, I I just have a feeling this, this might get out of hand and I'm hoping it doesn't because I'm hoping it's a really good game. I just think this chief's team is quite a bit better, but none of that matters. Mm -hmm. how, you know, the Bucks only need to be the best in this game. It, it Over the course of the year, I've seen the Bucks get better and better. And I did not buy in that they were a Super Bowl team at any point except for the latter stages where they looked pretty good. Even against the Saints and the Packers, they won those. They did a really good job. They did what they needed to do. But – Unlike Kansas City, when they looked clearly better than who they played, 
the Bucks didn't look clearly better than the Packers or the Saints. Yeah. It looked like they got it done, and that's that. And maybe, you know, again, I just think they're dealing with a different animal. They're going to have to play better than they have at any point during this year. Yep. And the Chiefs are going to have to be off their mark. That's what I think has to happen. Uh, and it can happen. I've seen it happen. Well, we'll see if it can happen here. We, we certainly know that the Bucs aren't going to win this game kicking field goals. Uh, <laughs> no. so when they get into the red zone, they're going to have to convert it into seven. Well, if you look at some numbers here, uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks are the number five red zone offense in the NFL. The Kansas City Chiefs are the 32nd worst red zone defense in the NFL. That's a good stat if you're looking at the Bucs being able to convert those possessions into touchdowns. Uh, some other stats here that I'll throw at you, uh, which is, could get really interesting here. Um, let's look at the other way around. The Chiefs are the 10th-ranked red zone offense. The Bucs are the 19th-ranked red zone defense. Um, short yardage rushing offense. I mentioned that already. The Bucs, number one. The Chiefs, 32nd defense. The Chiefs are the worst short yardage rushing offense, believe it or not, in the NFL. 32nd-ranked rushing offense. The Bucs are the 21st rushing defense. Here's an interesting number. First quarter point differential. And last time these two teams played, the Chiefs went up 17-0. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been outscored by 12 points in the first quarter of football games this year. They're a minus 12. The Kansas City Chiefs have outscored their opponents by 24 points in the first quarter, Chris. Yeah, you know, a couple of things. The Chiefs... um they don't seem to be phased by leads or deficits. I mean, it, no, it's like, no, you know, no. they're up on Cleveland. They're going to put them away. And then, you know, Cleveland works their way back in and they got to go out and take care of business. Um, and then they're down, they come back. So this will be interesting. Obviously I would not uh, advise or recommend that uh, anybody, particularly Tampa get down in this game. You will, but I, I think you just keep plugging away here. I think that, um, again, the Chiefs will give you something. I, 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 I describe them a little bit, a little bit like a cat playing with a toy mouse. I mean, it just, it's kind of like, you know, they, 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 they can kind of juice themselves up. I, I think this game is, is a different level. I think beating Brady and winning back to back, I think this is going to be a different type of juice, but, Again, I wouldn't put it past the Chiefs to fall behind and come back or get a lead and give it up and have to come back and, you know, resume. And I I think this is going to have to be a four-quarter game for Tampa. And the difficulty is if you get behind in the game, if you're Tampa, then it becomes very little margin for error. Then you're you're relying on Kansas City to kind of kind of give you some gifts here, and you you don't want to ever be in that situation. So look, I, I I just think there's a lot more advantages that Kansas City has in this game from an explosiveness standpoint, and I do think that uh, the things that you mentioned that are that are pivotal to me, I think that red zone. You know, the Bucs are going to have to score touchdowns. You mentioned it. Field goals are not going to get it done. I mean, you just – you got to get seven. And the Chiefs find a way to to, to do a really good job and um, of finding a way to score seven, too. Uh, they, again, with all their weapons, and they get you spread out and they can run and the quarterback can run. Now, the one thing, you know, with Tampa is 
they're not going to run unless it's short yardage Brady into the end zone. So Mm -hmm. you got to defend Mahomes in the red zone because he's another runner and and so you got it spread out and you can dump it off and you know you get everybody spread out and and now you've got a soft box you can run it got creases and boom there you go um that's not going to be with tampa tampa's going to have to find really good matchups in the red zone and brady's going to have to be on point which there's no reason to think he won't be brady Mm -hmm. has played well but the mistakes that brady had you know, like a couple of the turnovers yeah. in the last yeah. that can't happen this week. I just, you can't give this chief offense that much of a chance and win it. So I'll say this again, if Brady is the better quarterback, if he's playing not only a clean game, but a typical Brady great game. Yeah, absolutely. Game mm-hmm. on. It's got a good shot. If they don't have that, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, again, go ahead and take away those opportunities. And then what do you have? You, you've got less chances to to keep up with a team yep. that's going to score points. So look, it's, it's, it's no, the formula is pretty simple to understand. It's just difficult to execute defensively. You got to go out and match up against the chief's offense that has all those weapons. You got to get good base pressure and you got to be able to cover, cover. You got to be able to tackle in space and those two have to work in unison. And, and offensively, this is going to have to be a great game for the Bucs. The receivers, drops can't be there. Evans is going to have to be great. I mean, all those guys are going to have to be on point. You can't have the drops. You can't have the mistakes. You nope. can't have the turnovers that got you by Green Bay and New Orleans. I don't think that gets you by Kansas City. In fact, if you have it, I think everyone's going to be turning the channel in the fourth quarter, I'm afraid. Because, I, I mean, I think it could get out of hand mm-hmm. if they play that way. So, clean game. Um, I, I won't say this game's evenly matched, but he, but there is a scenario, and we're pointing it out how it could be close and, and maybe even the Bucks win it. Well, here's a, another Super Bowl factoid here. Since 1980, teams <laughs> that score 27 or more points in the Super Bowl are 29-4. and four. In those games, the Kansas City Chiefs, Chris, have scored 27 or more points in 40 out of the 53 Patrick Mahomes starts this year. Uh, They score. You can lock them in for 27 whenever they play. Uh, Comparing both of these teams, it's interesting because both of them faced each other's division this season. And so if you look at the common sites of those games and common opponents, right, and factoring in uh, Tampa Bay playing at New Orleans for a third time uh, in, in the playoffs, the Bucs went 6-0 and against those common opponents. The Chiefs went 5-1. and If you look at the playoff teams that these two teams have faced, the Bucs have played five playoff teams they uh, did not do straight. Uh, they went. They did not do uh, so well against them. Meanwhile, Kansas City played six playoff teams and went six and zero oh, with a net plus yardage of one thousand and thirteen. And this is an incredible team, Chris. There's no doubt about it. When we talk about the repeat Super Bowl champions, there's only been seven in history. We haven't seen it since the Patriots did it. But this 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 Kansas City Chiefs team has all the makings of it. You and I talked about it a little bit last week. If they don't lose to the Las Vegas Raiders, (laughs) they're probably undefeated going into this game because they they lost two games this year. One of them was week 17 when they rested their entire team. So had they not lost that game 
to the Las Vegas Raiders, which was back on, uh, I think it was the week four, week five, whatever it was. They lost 40 to 32 in that game. Had they not lost that game, this is an undefeated team going into the Super Bowl, and they probably joined the Dolphins as the only undefeated Super Bowl champions. Yeah, I, there's no question. You, you mentioned that last week and kind of look at it, and you, you kind of think of them as not quite the threat of being a championship, an unbeaten team as you mm -hmm. normally would expect because – well, they played all these close games. Yeah, 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 all those one-possession games. But, as you mentioned, they they just and, – and, again, this is where the tape, you watch every one of these games, they look just so superior to everybody they played this year. Yeah. Even when the game was close, even when they lost it. So, again, it has to be one of those games they're off their mark. And let's just call it what it is, regular season, different weeks, different things happen. You got pretty much all hands on deck in this game. This this is the you know it's not going to be a everyone's up so you're not dealing with that it's just you're going to have to have one hellacious effort to beat this team and I don't think you beat this team unless they're off their mark some way and you got to get them off the mark you got to kind of you got to you got to derail them and you got to got to help them get off the rail and kind of keep them from getting back it's. It's difficult because they can redirect and figure out. And you're right. I, I they may look at it as you know, kind of their play was a was a um, a way to kind of get that team to focus come playoff time because they have looked better come playoff time. I mean, they've had lulls, but it's not been at the beginning. Um, they 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 get it. They know how to play it. They know how to attack it. This is this is a really really good team. Brady's been there, and a lot of the Bucks have been there. Um, this is look, this is a clearly the best team in the league. Mm -hmm. How can you beat them? Type situation, and we're kind of making a case for how you do it. <laughs> but I don't know that 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 I can sit here and be honest and say, oh yeah, this is. Let me tell you how it's going to happen. I, you know, in I'm all gonna, honesty, I'm it's, gonna give you I'm gonna give you one more eye opening figure mm -hmm. here before I ask you some uh, Super Bowl trivia, okay? The eye-opening figure here. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes has directed 13 drives in the playoffs this season, excluding kneel downs, okay? So 13 drives. The opposing defense has stopped him from scoring a touchdown or attempting a field goal just one time in those 13 possessions, and that happened – in the first quarter against Buffalo, the first drive of the game, when Tyreek Hill dropped the beautifully thrown pass 40 down, 40 yards down the field, or else they would be a perfect 13 of 13, either scoring a touchdown or attempting a field goal in the playoffs this year. Yeah. I, again, I, <laughs> there are a lot of ways we can say well, it. Being a punter on the Kansas City Chiefs is the best job in the world. You never have to see the field. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I, I think that there's absolutely, you know, there's there's, and again, so I think saying that they're good is is is. Look, I mean, there's there's no question that they are. How do you stop them? And again, that's the real key. Cause it's not, okay, boy, it can't be stopped. It's over. No, there's always a way to do it, but you're going to need a little help. You're going to need them to be off their game. And, and I've always said it. Look, I use the basketball analogy. Great shooting teams can have a bad shooting night. Yeah. You get cold. Yeah. 
You know, uh, drop some balls, some tip balls. Sure. Bucks are going to need some breaks, but they're going to need to create some of their own breaks. So this is a good team. This is a good Bucks team. They've earned their way there. Um, you, you talk. You brought out some stats. Mainly, you know, the Chiefs. It shows their dominance in how they've been good. The Bucks, a little bit misleading, because this Bucks team um, is a lot better than the Bucks team was in the early part of the year. They've got probably better. Yeah. So you know they can do things, but again. It's not like they've dominated uh, anybody um, mm-hmm. in, in the playoffs. Uh, it's been more about, you know, they took care of business. They did what they needed to do. Um, and, you know, I think going forward, we need to look at them and say, all right, look, have that clean game, yet find a way offensively. And generate turnovers. Like, like they, they got Absolutely. turnovers against the Saints. They got turnovers against the Packers. That's Absolutely. You know, find a way, win that turnover battle. Um, and maybe decisively, and then turn around and find ways to um, take advantage on offense, getting some cheap points, and then, you know, defensively, like you said, you're just going to have to get some breaks there and get it done. Look, it can be done. There's no question it can be done. It's just if you're looking at it and playing it in my mind and looking and studying these tapes, these teams on film all year long, there's just a lot more ways in which Kansas City can win and, than in which Tampa can win. But that's what's great about our game. If it was a, if it was a three-game series, you know, certainly a five-game series. I mean, uh, look, I can see one game. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. All right, let me see how how well you are with your little trivia knowledge here. Tom Brady is just the second quarterback to win a championship game in both the AFC and the NFC. Joining who? Uh, He was a starting quarterback that's won uh, an AFC championship game and an NFC championship game. Mm -hmm. Um, You want the teams? Yeah, give me a team. Dallas and Denver. Oh, 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 uh, Craig Morton. Craig Morton. That Craig is Morton. Yeah, I was about. Actually, I was thinking about Craig Morton. Yeah, Craig won. Um, he absolutely he did. Yeah, Craig Morton. And in, in, in fact, when he went um, and won the AFC Championship game and took the Broncos to the Super Bowl, he did it against Dallas. <laughs> that was ironic. Yeah, and that was the Roger Starback. That was Roger Starback um, team. Um, and ironically, that was the first. Super Bowl in the New Orleans Superdome. Oh, wow. As the other Super Bowls were played in Tulane Stadium, not by design, but um, in a in a bygone era, the Superdome in New Orleans, it's a great story. There's a book about it. But the Superdome, Scott and listeners, took way, way more money and way more time mm-hmm. to build than they ever thought. Like like six or seven years longer because the it's built off a swamp on swap ground. And so they had to build pylons, put the Superdome and it went a lot longer and a lot more expensive, by the way. So, and the Super Bowl was rotated in those days between the Coliseum in Los Angeles, the orange bowl in Miami and the, um, well, in New Orleans, and again, they did have one there, and they actually had one in Rice Stadium in Houston. In fact, the mm. 
Steelers Vikings game was there. So it, we ended up having more games in Tulane Stadium than we should have had. The only one that really should have been there would have been Kansas City, Minnesota, but the others were slop fest that just um you know ended up being there uh in bad weather outside which we tend to have some sometimes the weather can be beautiful this time of year but the bottom line is that's the first time so yeah craig morton so that's yeah a, all right one more, have all right one more for you tom brady is only the third quarterback in nfl history to play in the super bowl over three decades who are the other two Um, let's see. Let me try to figure out the decades. So Brady, Brady, sixty, seventy, and eighty. Were that the decades? Seventies, eighties, nineties. I'm trying to figure the decades first. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure the the decades. So help me with that. Is it sixty, uh, seventy? I will give you a hint. Uh, not the nineties. Sixty. So the nineties would be Brady. So six, was 90s, 2000s and 2010s. So it would be – so the, is the three decades 60s, 70s, and 80s? Or Brady was 2000s, 2010. No, 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 the other one. Yeah, the other ones would be 60s, 70s, 80, I think makes sense. And the other one might be earlier or same time. Let me see. Um <laughs> One was 50s, 60s. Okay. Um, Actually, you can't four, be, you might, can, be, might be 40s, 50s, 60s. Auto Graham? No. You, 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 and you're not talking Super Bowl history now, folks. He's talking about championship history. Because Super, uh, Super Bowl is. No, Super Bowl. So it would be. Well, Super Bowl was only the first. Super Bowl was 67. Oh, yeah. So like 40, 50, 60s would be. So maybe it wasn't for, I'm thinking. Oh, football so, championship. So. Okay. Yeah. So I'm so, thinking. So, Norm, Van Brock, Norm Van Brocklin. Norm Van Brocklin. So that was pre-Super Bowl. Norm, mm -hmm. Norm played um, in. Um, it would have. Norm would have been. For late 40s. Late 40s. Fit, Norm was a great quarterback at Oregon. Played with the Eagles championship team, 40s, 50s, and 60s, yes. And the other one is pre, all, all pre-Super Bowl. Johnny Unitas, Johnny Unitas would have been in the Super Bowl, the last Super Bowl. He was not in a – oh, yes. You know what? He did play so 50s, 60s, 70s. Yeah, he did get into yeah, – 50s, 60s, 70s, Unitas, because he, he won the NFL championship 58, 59 – and then, and he went to the Super Bowl. Went to the Super Bowl, and the Super Bowl three lost to your Jets. Mm -hmm. You didn't, you didn't know, you didn't know you were going to be Jets fan, but you weren't, weren't, weren't smart enough. And then, uh, and then got there in the early seventies when uh, actually um, Jim O'Brien beat the Cowboys there and uh, Colts in, uh, Cowboys, yeah, Colts Colts Cowboys games. So that's real interesting. So hey, real, real, Super real, Bowl history there. I love that this time of year, Chris. I so, really do. Real, real quick, and I know this because I. I I don't know that I'll ever get a chance to tell you this. This is, I think, a great one, a great story. Norm Bram Brocklin that you mentioned. So Norm, after being a quarterback, and was a very good one, he became a head coach, okay? And he coached the Falcons. He coached the Vikings. And in fact, he was the guy, he and Fran Tarkenton just butted heads. Mm -hmm. Fran Tarkenton was with the Vikings, and he didn't like the way Fran scrambled, so he traded him to the Giants. And then when Bud Grant came back in, 
they the Vikings traded back and got Parkinson back from the Giants. So it's ironic how that worked. But but <laughs> but Norm Van Brocklin was a cantankerous son of a gun. He was known for just just chewing up officials. So there's one off season, and the head of the he's, there's a speaking engagement. The head of the officials union goes up to Norm Van Brocklin and um, informs them that one of their officials, a uh, guy that they both knew, obviously, had passed away. And they said they were having a collection to help with the burial. And back then, burials didn't cost a whole – I mean, it wouldn't run a whole lot. And he says, could you spare $20 for the burial? To which um, Norm Van Brocklin pulled out 100 and says, yeah, here's 100, bury five of them. Uh, he was uh, <laughs> a character. There's yeah. a story that came out. So anyway, yeah. I, it was it's it's not funny, but is funny if you think about it. It wouldn't be funny if it was around. But that was I. I think there's a little bit of an old wife tale in that. I can't imagine him literally saying it for somebody that just died. But mm-hmm. I can see how that. Uh, but the that that story is promised. Oh yeah, people tell you all along. Anyway. So uh, the last uh, time a non-quarterback won the Super Bowl MVP, do you, that was not that long ago. The last non-quarterback to win the Super Bowl MVP. Well, you know what? I'm not. Just a couple um, years ago. Very, very recently. Let's see here. Okay, so gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm two years ago. We had um, two years ago. Who's who's in the Super Bowl? I'm trying that to think. Would be the, that would be Tom Brady. Tom Brady and uh, the Rams. And the winner of that MVP award was Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman. Okay. No, yeah. I, I actually forgotten that. I completely. <laughs> not that. Oh, yeah. I remember. No. no but no. the last time the Bucks won the Super Bowl, the MVP was a defensive player. I believe it was Derek Brooks. No. no was it uh, Rondé? Dexter Jackson. Oh, Dexter had the oh, that's he had the right. pick six. That's right. That's, that's right. A, yeah, defensive player won the Super Bowl. So if you're thinking about Super Bowl MVP picks, uh, obviously you know Mahomes will be the favorite if the Chiefs win. Uh, but if you're looking at hey, Julian Edelman, Julian Edelman won two years ago. Maybe Tyree Kill, maybe Travis Kelsey, or if the Bucks win the Super Bowl and you don't want to pick Tom Brady, well, hey, the last time they won, uh, it was a defensive player. Maybe this time. It could be a defensive player. You know, when you go back and think of MVPs, very often it's not the guy that played the best. No. You know? yeah. It's like, it's like I, I have a good friend. Um, Peyton Manning did not uh, deserve the Super Bowl MVP the first time they won. I love him. I, 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 a good, good friend, that um, James Washington, who was a character in and of itself, but he was on the Cowboys, 37. Um, he um, – the 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 he you know one year had a had a he should have probably won the the MVP in that game and uh, Emmett I think won it and uh, anyway you you have a lot of guys like that that you you think that they're you know oh yeah this guy had the best game and no no he didn't win the MVP mm-hmm. uh, I believe I believe the only losing MVP was Chuck Holly in that aforementioned Super Bowl five. I don't believe we've correct. had another I don't believe we've had another loser win it. That nope. game was kind of a dud game. I mean you talk about the struggle scoring it was a defensive performance and then Jim O'Brien kicked it. Back then the 
the uprights were right, yeah. um, you know, weren't in the back of the end zone. And that was just one of those defensive effort. And Chuck Holly played one hell of a game. Well, you know. it, it, and you mentioned players winning that didn't deserve it. Peyton Manning, when the Colts won the Super Bowl, did not deserve the MVP. Joseph Adai and and uh, Rose <laughs> probably should have split it because the, the running game was the reason why they won that Super Bowl, not Peyton Manning. But Peyton, it was his first time there, you know, future Hall of Famer. He won the award. Uh, and Peyton didn't even win it when the Broncos won. When the Broncos won the Super Bowl, it was Von Miller won the MVP yeah. award. So, yeah. hey, uh, defensive players, you have Von Miller. Malcolm Smith won the award with the Seahawks as a defensive player. Um, I mentioned Dexter Jackson, the safety. Ray Lewis won the MVP award in 2001 with the Ravens. So defensive players, there have been you know four of them since 2000 to win the MVP. But really, we know it's it's a quarterback award and – you would expect Brady or Mahomes to be uh, hoisting that trophy on Sunday. Chris, before we get out of here, uh, we've done so much on the big game, but there's some quarterback movement in the NFL. Matthew Stafford, now the new quarterback of the L.A. Rams, as he gets traded from the Lions for a package of first-round picks and Jared Goff. Uh, A lot to give up for Matthew Stafford, but is Stafford the missing piece in this Sean McVay offense? Well, he better be. If uh, if he's not, then it hadn't quite worked out for him. Look, they think he's really talented, and he is. They think he is the missing piece. They think that he can do for that offense what they see in Aaron Rodgers or Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes can do. And right now, they don't feel like they've got that. They feel like they've got a lot out of Jared Goff, as much out of Jared Goff as they can get. Now, the reality, Scott, is that Look, they put a lot of money in golf, and now they're basically admitting a huge mistake. So they moved on from him. Uh, but I understand what they're doing. And then from Detroit's standpoint, look, um, Stafford wanted to move on. Um, they haven't won with Stafford, not in my opinion because of Stafford, but because they haven't put a really good team around him. Um, they've got to do more. And, and they've got basically what they have – is they've got a, a team that's in a rebuild. They've got draft picks, so they're trading it for the picks. But they get Jared Goff, who they could get out from under that contract uh, after one year without a lot of uh, – okay. But so if he turns out really good, well, great. But I still think they're going to be thinking quarterback. So he's a bridge quarterback, but they get some picks and then get out from under that contract in a year. Makes some sense. And pretty obviously Brad Holmes, who's with the Rams, has some background and feels some feels good about Matthew Stafford. Yeah. So I, I think all of that contributed greatly towards getting the deal done. And I I, I put a, a piece on it today about who was uh, who was really in on it. And uh, on LandryFootball.com, you can check that out. But you can kind of see what Carolina offered and what Denver and Indianapolis and San Francisco, despite them denying it, they were all in on it. But in the end, um, they got a little bit more because from the Ram, A, because more into the future. Now, and I keep in mind when people, and you you know this guy, but when people start talking about is this guy worth these two picks and that two picks and first round, <laughs> remember it's where they are. Yeah, You know, it's where the picks are. You know, the first pick, the 10th pick, the 20th pick, the 30th pick are all different picks in each round uh, that acu- that correlates to different values. So um, a- absolutely, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. 
I am curious to see what happens, if anything. Now the watch is on Deshaun Watson. Um, they're not going to trade him, not going to trade him. We'll see. Maybe they won't. Maybe they will. If they will, exactly what it's going to take. You know, uh, what's going to happen, let's say, if you are the Jets and you've got, um, you know, a young quarterback. I think that, first of all, if they were to trade with the Jets or Carolina, any trade for the Texans would require the quarterback to be involved, Dorno or Bridgewater. Yep. And and then, you know, if you're the Jets, then do you want to give up all that draft capital? Mm-hmm. Uh, or do you want to, you know, build around what you have? I- interesting decisions that it's that's going to play out. Well, we'll be glued to LandryFootball.com for all of that. And, of course, all the latest on the big game this Sunday. Head to LandryFootball.com for the film room preview and then the breakdown after the game is over, of course. And you keep it locked in right here to the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Football for all of our offerings uh, in, in as we get ready for the big game on Sunday. If you want to listen to this show in podcast form, you can download Landry Football's conference call wherever you get your podcasts from. But join us on live every single Tuesday. We're here 6 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, next week will be fun because we're going to recap the game. We'll project forward to, uh, obviously, the draft coming up. But maybe there's the Sean Watson trade. Maybe not. Uh, you know, The coaching circle carousel is done. But what, what are the ramifications after this Super Bowl? And where do we head towards uh, what's going to happen next in 2021? And, Chris, big news from EA Sports. College football <laughs> video game is coming back. So, well, and college football video game fans like myself, uh, we are go. very excited. We are very well, excited. and I'm excited for you guys. And I uh, can't say that uh, I can add much more than that, other than I'm excited for you guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, listen, uh, you know, I- I've been a-, a solid recruiter for several years now in the video game. You know, I go into that kids, the kids' uh, homes, I sit on the couch, and I tell the parents exactly how I'm going to take care of their son and and how my school is a path to the NFL, and uh, that's whatever program I'm leading. By the way, did you see that Nick Saban recruiting video that got leaked online? Uh, if, I was, I, if I was Nick Saban, I'd rescind that kid's offer, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that got out, if it was, um, you know, if it was something that, um, you know, the parent did or whatever. But, yeah, no, it's um, – but I can tell you, though, it, it kind of really shows – I've, I've – been a party to that and seen how that works so uh yeah that's pretty much what he does well i was ready to run through a wall for him so you know that that, it worked on me yeah (laughs) well follow chris on twitter at landry football for all the latest breaking news and analysis you can follow me at scott's on air and we'll be back with you next week with a new edition of the football film room right here on twitch.tv slash chris landry football and chris enjoy the big game eat all the food you can and we'll see who comes out on top All right. Look forward to it. Enjoy it out there, everybody.